Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What up, gang? Welcome back to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Thanks for joining me again, as always. Another edition of the Truck Cast. Uh, just leaving work. Pretty light day. I, a, I have a big big class coming in the next three days, so... Spent some time getting ready for that. Got my wad on. Hashtag first rule. And heading home. I'm uh, going to hit some couple of questions this week. One of them, I, uh, I'm i not a big gear queer. I don't really care that much about chasing the latest gadget or whiz-bang that's that's going to make you a 10% better shooter. But I have had a couple of questions on the gear that I shoot, so I'm going to jump into that. Uh, they One of them was specific to open division, one of them was just kind of in general, so I thought I would just run down uh, all the divisions, and I'll talk a little bit more about about some and a little less about the, about others that obviously some guns I shoot more than than others, but I do shoot a, a lot of divisions for a, a couple of reasons. When I was kind of coming up through the ranks, I I shot open for a long time that nobody even really knew. When I switched to limited for really no good reason, uh, that's just where I started having really having my successes and where I got to be uh, air quote known as a shooter. I never really wanted to get you know pegged as a limited shooter. But I kind of did, and then maybe that's washed away now that I've switched over to open for a few years and, and made the world shoot team an open division. Uh, and I shoot a lot of the other divisions as well, not so much in like a serious competition fashion, but I shoot a lot of Glocks. You know, maybe a lot more than people would think. Most of my classes, I'm shooting Glocks. I always try to shoot what my customers shooting anyway. So if it's a a production or or maybe carry optics class or something like that, I'll shoot a Glock if it's you know, open or limited, I'll I'll shoot that, and then all the all the tactical classes, military and law enforcement classes. I'm running a, a Glock, either usually 17 or or a 34. So I, I shoot a, a large number of guns, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend for the betterment of your progression, but um, you know, it's just something that I got to do from a business standpoint. I'll start off with open. That's what I've been shooting seriously for a while now. Uh, I've always shot uh, guns by Millennium Custom. Derek Janowitz out of South Florida, who unfortunately doesn't really build that much anymore. It's really hard to, to get him to build you a gun. But um, And I may be a little biased, but I, I think he's the best gunsmith out there and really understands what's going on. He's just not putting pieces together. Uh, so he's been a super good friend and has been building for me for... Man, I don't even know now. It's been you know well over ten years, so it's it's been a long time. I recently switched to nine major, so I guess that's a pretty massive change, which is against my constitution. But I shot thirty-eight uh, super comp and old school five-inch gun, no holes in the barrel, uh, you know, plastic grip, nothing fancy, with the traditional Seymour, I don't know what you call it, slide ride for lack of a better word. 
uh, forever and decided to go to major nine a few years ago when I was when I made the decision to, to try out for the for the US team uh, and the main reason was ammo the ammo crunch was going on then if you haven't been shooting that long you maybe wouldn't remember but it got to a point there where uh, ammo was just hard to get at any price I mean you couldn't get super comp brass um, regardless of the cost and that made me a little nervous I thought well if, you know if I'm going to try to do all this shooting in order to to get ready for the try to make the team I'm gonna to have to be able to get ammo for sure so I switched to nine Derek wasn't real happy about it. He doesn't, no gunsmiths really like building nine. But uh, decided to go with it. So at that point, I made a number of significant changes to the open gun. Went with a hybrid barrel, uh, holes in the barrel. Uh, shortened the gun up a little bit. Not a shorty, but he cut it back, I think, um, an eighth or a couple eighths, which maybe a quarter, I guess. And that time, the steel grips were just kind of coming on the market. So I switched over to the steel grips, and then because of the 9mm, we went to the micro dot with uh, RTS. I think I went straight to the 2. I don't think I ever had the first the first RTS. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But anyway, not, not if, if I did, it wasn't there very long after I went to the RTS 2. Um, so that was a big change. You know, different caliber, different recoil impulse, different load process. Uh, big different feel with the grips and uh, different presentation with the sight you don't present the gun so low you have to you have to present the gun higher because that sight rides down closer to the to the bore which is a good thing but uh, you know overcoming 15 years of presenting the gun to one spot now it's got to present to a different spot so you know that was a pretty pretty big change but other than that there's nothing too special about the gun I, I like flat triggers I run that on all my 1911 guns I just run the the cheapo STI blank, you can cut that down to whatever size you want. Nothing, nothing on the SVs. They're just more expensive, and you don't have the precision choice of size. You go, you know, you pretty much got what they got within their size choices. But with the STI, you can cut down to whatever you want. And then you guys know the fights I've had on that gun, so I'm not gonna go into it. But the the, the gun was, was pretty solid. The sights were junk, uh, so I went back to the upright Seymour was you know nervous that I was going to induce malfunctions with covering the ejection port on 9mm but it really didn't I, I swear I don't think I've had a single one now I've been with all the world shoot prep and everything I've been using uh, only new brass so that certainly helps your cause there uh, we'll see now that I start using recycled brass if that becomes an issue or not um, and then I cracked a couple of barrels we talked about that but again that's not the gun's fault it's just shit happens but you know, the guns are solid and uh, you know, shot 30 stages of the world shoot without a single single hiccup. So that's all you can ask for. A limited division, same. I mean, they're almost identical. The, um, also built by Derek at Millennium Custom, 40 caliber, STI frame, metal grips from Phoenix Trinity. I run the aggressive, the most aggressive grip they have on both the limited and the open. Uh, I don't run their ergo grip or whatever they call it. Uh, I probably would have if they had it when I bought them, but you know, two two open guns, two limited guns. That's that's a crazy expensive investment to change over grips just to change your angle by a few degree. Uh, and if you're going to change it on one, you got to change it on all of them. So I haven't made that change. I'm plenty happy with with the ones like they are. 
Uh, again, nothing super special on the limited guns. I I run a, a pretty light spring, 10, old old 11 or a 10. Uh, same thing for the open division as well. I run a light spring there, I think seven or eight. And limited, if I run fiber optic front and a black rear sight, uh, I run the fat notch on the rear. Uh, I've got Dawson sights on the front now, I think, but any of the major manufacturer fiber optics are good. Uh, the Civignis, uh, the Brazos, I, I like any of those. I, I do run a one. I used to run a 90, but uh, I run a one now, and that's why I hogged out my rear sight. I've, I've run a one for over over 10 years or close to 10 years probably. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not going to get into it. It's kind of sort of technical, but I, I, hog out, I hogged out the rear the rear notch so you have that same perception of that extra light coming around and coming around like you do on a 90 and a traditional notch but the one and then hogging out the notch too I think I run it at 143 or something that uh, gives you the same picture with a larger front sight which I, I think leads to quicker acquisition and there's there's some guys that, that go against that theory they think the smaller smaller notch is better I think Manny my buddy runs that so there's not no right or wrong, uh, I don't think. It's just you know what works for you and the, the visual information that you like to get through the gun. A limited gun, no no fancy cuts or nothing. Just you know slide lightened either internally or poking holes in it, whichever works. But you got to get the weight, you got to get some weight down off the slide, uh, one way or the other. Um, that's about it on a limited gun. Flat triggers there too. Nothing, uh, nothing special. I run, I run long ammo in the 40. Although my gun eats, eats factory ammo as well. But the long gives you a little softer, a little softer impulse. I think I run 180s. Uh, I haven't messed with 200s at the at the lower power factor. When the power factor was high, or was it 175 or something when I started? We ran 200s then. But when they lowered the power factor, went to, I went to the 180s, and there's never seen a reason to change it. I'm against change, so I like to find something that works and spend my time and energy shooting, not uh, not tinkering with stuff. So those are all again Millennium custom guns, and they're you know gun to gun, limited to limited, open to open. I, I can barely tell the difference when I pick the gun up. They're they're damn as identical as they can be, and then even with the grips and the safeties and everything the same, even when you're going from open to limited. You uh, have the same feel, same grip, same draw, same everything. You just present the gun to a different spot according to the type of sight that you're using. Uh, and then single stack, I'll touch on that right quick, but same same thing. It's also built by Derek, same guy. I run a 40 to Springfield frame. Uh, nothing fancy there. Same sight setup, same trigger, uh, same everything else, except it's skinny and doesn't hold enough bullets. Production division, I run uh, Terran Tactical, uh, Glock 34, set up by him. It's got his sights on it, his trigger. Nothing really fancy about that. Re you know, reduced recoil, all the all the whiz bang stuff he does to production, stippled grips. So I shoot that for uh, production IDPA. I don't really, I don't really shoot much production. I don't particularly care much for that division, but uh, but it's a it's a fantastic gun for what it is, and you know, I've shot a couple of nationals with it, and it always performs flawlessly. And then carry optics the same. Actually, I just did a new top end, so I don't even have a complete carry optics gun. I probably need to do that at some point down the road. 
uh, but I run RTS on that. I did have to mill the slide to get that in because the RTS doesn't fit on the Glock MOS. So I had to have the slide cut to fit that in. And it's a slick fit. Uh, so far, so good. I'm 100% sure that sight will break at some point and I'll swap it out for something else. But no need changing it uh, for now for just goofing off. As I was gonna, if I was going to go shoot a major or get serious about carry optics, I would, I would get rid of the RTS because we know it's ain't going to hold up. Uh, in the future of the sport, PCC. Been playing around with that a little bit. I'm looking forward to um, playing around with it more. I'm having, having fun with that. Uh, I run a Tresna now, which uh, I heard they're not in business anymore. I have no idea if that's true or not, and I didn't even bother to look it up because I don't care. But uh, I'm happy with the gun. It's uh, It runs great. I, I, I swapped out the flash hider for the UM Tactical Rage Brake. And I just got the UM recoil system. I haven't even put it in yet. Literally just got it. And I put in a hyperfire trigger. The stock trigger was crappy like it is on every gun. Uh, but other than that, it, it runs good, man. It uh, functions flawlessly. The only downside of the gun is that the Glock magazines don't drop free very consistently. And I haven't put any effort into trying to fix that. Um, you know, in USPSA... You're very rarely going to have to reload in PCC. Um, only during like classifiers and you know some type of speed shoots or short courses or something. So it's not a huge issue. I mean, if you were going to be a serious, dedicated PCC shooter, then yeah, you got to get that shit fixed. But um, there's there's a lot of other manufacturers out on the market now that are making good quality products. And, you know, I've had this for a while. Is probably one of the first companies that was making a dedicated Glock lower for PCC uh, along with the com complete gun uh, and on top of that I won it at a match so how can you how can you turn all that down uh, so I've been happy happy with it it's you know same AR controls is no different than AR uh, so I've really got nothing no bad things about it except for the Mac deal so I, I may look at getting another one uh, down the road not too long because I am, I am enjoying playing around with this. I think it's good transition training over to three gun for running the rifle and working your mounts and into positions and on the move and that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy I enjoy shooting shooting the rifle now more more so than I used to. And especially times of the year like this where you know I've just finished coming off the world shoot training like crazy and it's nice to to have a break. You know, just to go out and shoot for fun and um, don't worry too much about uh, your gear and what's going on and how you place and all that. Just go shoot for the sake of shooting. And since we're going down that road, I'll I'll hit three gun real quick because it's easy. Uh, it's all Terran stuff. I run the Terran Terran's rifle at uh, 16 inch, and I don't even know what all he does to it. I think he narrows the gas tube. He's I don't even know what recoil systems in there. Uh, the trigger, I think, is a hyperfire. Yeah, the trigger's a hyperfire as well. Uh, and so it's a fantastic gun. The, the one I had before that, which is my backup now, is a, is a BCM Bravo Company gun. Uh, almost identical setup, except it's an 18-inch. Um, Terran's gun, I've got Terran's brake on it. I don't even know what he puts on there. And 
the Bravo Company gun. I think I've got the Arredondo brake on that. Uh, same same trigger system. Then I run the uh, Vortex uh, Razor one to six on both of those. I really really love that scope. It's a little heavy, but outside of that, uh, it's a fantastic scope. Nice clean glass. Dot looks great. I, I use a JM reticle, which I like that. And then I shoot uh, 75s for the long range stuff, either uh, Federals or HPR, HyperClean. I don't even know who makes that, but it's pretty good chip for cheap herb. And then whatever squirter ammo I can find for, for everything else. Uh, Terran shotgun, uh, M2. All the bells and whistles that he does to it, it's perfect. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's other ones out there that are good. But I, you know, I had the 1100. I had the Versamax, and the Versamax was slicked up by a guy for another 500 bucks, and it was okay. I, you know, I didn't know any better, so it was fine until I picked up a Terran gun the first time, and you know, and tried to load it, and it sucked in the rounds like things we won't talk about on here. Uh, so it's, you know, in my mind right now, it's the only way to go. Again, like I said, I'm sure there's others out there that are okay, or even comparable, but. Also, like I said, I'm not a tinkerer, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't really care. This is perfect and works great for me. Uh, so I have no plans on changing. The only, only downside of the Terran gun is I only have one. So I'm going to have to plus up the shotgun at some point if I'm going to get more serious about three gun next year. And then pistol, uh, I did run Terran's pistol for a long time, the Glock. I uh, just last year switched to an STI, which I actually bought used from a buddy. I did send it to Derek to just kind of go through it and polish it up a little bit and fix a couple of things that I like specific to the gun. But other than that, it's it's more or less a stock stock STI and nine millimeter. And um, you know the the Glock was okay. Again, Terran's gun is awesome, but some of the you know everybody gives three gun a, a bad rap for being a spray and pray thing, and it is on the paper targets. The you know the three gun nation or USPSA time plus to uh, two hits anywhere or one alpha that that certainly does lead to spraying and praying but they have a lot of difficult steel to be shot with a pistol especially three gun nation they have these little skinny six inch um, rectangular plates and they you know they put them in distance and I haven't shot a ton of three guns nation stuff yet but we shot in South Carolina last year that 50 yard shots uh, I think the one in here we had some long the one here at our, our range we had some long range as well so it's yeah it might be spray and pray on the paper but they have some pokes out there where you need to be able to to work the trigger well with a pistol not that you couldn't do it with a Glock because I'm sure you can but that crisp 1911 trigger or 2011 trigger makes life a lot easier so I did switch over to that this year and got that set up and running pretty good so I'm happy happy with that um, what else? Carry gear. We, we've talked about that in the in the self defense theme podcast. But I run a Glock 42, which is their 380. Uh, I bought it before the 43 came out, but you know I don't think I'm going to change anyway. I'm not. I'm not one of those. It's got to be a 45 or nothing kind of guy. Um, and we'll get more into this on it on one of the self-defense 
theme podcast, but the 42 just works. Again, I live in Florida. It's hot. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt with no belt 99% of the time. And with the Blade Tech inside the waistband holster for the 42, it just works great. It's easy on, easy off, lightweight, easy to conceal, uh, plenty accurate. I can I can shoot a 20-yard rack with it, no problem. And you're a little down on capacity, but again, I'm not I'm not carrying that because I'm expecting a gunfight. If I was expecting a gunfight, I either wouldn't go or I'd bring a rifle. You know, we're only carrying that in a last-ditch self-defense, fight your way to your bigger gun type of scenario. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with the setup there. I'll touch on, on one more question. If you guys got more specific specific questions on gear stuff, let me know. I'll be happy to answer it. But again, I'm not big on not big on the gear stuff. I'd rather spend my time shooting and practicing and you know find something that works. That's that's priority number one. It's got to function 100% of the time. Uh, if it doesn't function 100% of the time, then get another gun or get it fixed or throw it away or whatever. There's just no time in the world to, to, to mess with that. You know, you've got to have something that's working. And there's no reason it shouldn't. If it's not working, your gunsmith doesn't know what he's doing or you've got some other problem, you've got to figure it out. One other question I was going to touch on, I'm running a little tight on time, but a question from Jim. He's from Florida. He's going to a dot from iron sights and was asking anything special considerations training wise or competing wise to keep in mind when you're making that transition especially if you haven't shot a dot before uh, he is going from production to carry optics a lot of the same points will apply from you know limited to open or production to open as well not all but but a lot yeah there's a lot of considerations here and i'm a big fan i, I think uh, going to a dot will improve, and I know I've talked about this before, but you know, going to a dot for a while will improve your iron-sided shooting. But I, I think it's got to be for a while. Like You can't jump over there for a week or two weeks or even a month and count that. And I think you need to spend some significant time. You know, I, I would even say a year if that were the case. If you can't have that long to put into it or don't want to put it, you know, don't want to put that much time into it, then fine. But you know, the longer, the longer you can put in there, the better it's going to translate back when you when you switch back over to iron sights. Uh, by the same token, you have to have time back behind the iron sights as well before you're going to reap all those rewards. So if your goal was, you know, the production nationals, let's say, and that's going to be in whatever September, then you can't switch back from carry optics, you know, in August and expect to be ready to rock. You know, you need a few months back behind that gun or at least a month depending on well, it depends on how much you practice too but need that time back behind your primary gun or your main division focus to to get back in the groove as well um, so a couple a couple of real important aspects number one it takes a lot of dry fire to get used to the dot we've talked about the importance of the grip it is even it is even more paramount on something like this and the reason is when you present the gun out to your final firing position, if your sights are not aligned properly and you're shooting iron sights, it's pretty easy to tell, oh yeah, there's the, there's the front sight that's over there to the left or it's a little bit high or whatever. 
Uh, when you do that with a dot, with a dot gun, when you present the gun and you have no dot in the window, no dot in your scope, which it doesn't take a lot of misalignment to cause that, and you have no dot in your scope, uh, you have no earthly idea where that dot is. It could be high, low, left, right. I mean, you, you, have, you have no clue. And that's where you see the people fishing around the gun, rolling around the wrist, trying to find that dot. And you see it way, way more when they're shooting weak hand and strong hand because they, even, they, have, an even, they have even less um, experience and practice presenting that gun with one hand. So I can't emphasize enough, that's going to be your biggest transition uh, uh, hurdle, is getting that dot in the window every time you present the gun. And the only way to do that and learn that is to handle the gun. You've got to spend time dry firing and it needs to be daily. It doesn't have to be, you've heard me talk about this before, but it doesn't have to be an hour-long sesh of throwing all your gear on and doing timer draws and El Prezas and that kind of shit. If, if you can just grab the gun with no gear on for 10 minutes a day, point the gun around stuff, around you know, stuff around your room, pick it off the table, present, set it down, pick it off the table, present, set it down, transfer back from your left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, while presenting it out. And you've got to learn what that grip feels like. And if it's the same gun, then the grip's going to be the same. You know, my Glock... Uh, from production in my Glock to carry optics is, in this case, mine's precisely the same gun because it's the same lower. Uh, so the grip the grip angle and the grip feels the same. So if you're going from, I can't remember what this guy shoots, I know him, but if you're going Glock to Glock or CZ to CZ or whatever, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a transition. It shouldn't be that, that big of an issue. If you're going to a totally new platform, then yeah, that's gonna, it's going to be a problem. You're going to have to put a lot of time in. Uh, and the same thing for me, going from limited to open, it's the same grip, it's the same feel. Only difference for that is I present the gun a little bit lower while shooting open than I do shooting limited. Uh, with carry optics, those dots are, are down so low to the board, to the slide, uh, there's really not a elevation presentation difference when you're pointing the gun out. Uh, so that's going to be your biggest hurdle. Uh, and then secondly is in the speed at which you see and process information. And, and to say that another way, the, the speed at which information comes to you and then the speed at which you can process that information and act upon it. The, you know, an iron-sided gun does all the same things pretty much uh, performance-wise and recoil-wise as a gun with a dot on it does. You just don't see it with the iron sight gun. You don't have the, that precise aiming uh, tool to allow you to see with a level of precision as you do with an open gun or with, with a gun with a dot on it. And so what that results in is a couple of things. It's, I've noticed it a couple of ways. One, I used to notice when I, when I was primarily a limited shooter and I'd, I'd jump on the open gun for nationals or for a match here or there, uh, that I was way off the pace. And that's to be expected when you don't, you don't have the time behind that gun running against the best guys out there. But it was more because I was aiming too hard at a given target and not allowing myself um, to accept what was good enough and pull the trigger. I would draw, present the gun to an 18-yard target or something, and you're seeing that dot move around, dance around what appears to be a lot. 
and that's preventing you from pulling the trigger. You're waiting for it to settle down. When if you actually analyze it, all right, where is this dot going specifically on this target? When it's, air quote, bouncing around a lot, and you see, well, shit, it's not even leaving this, the A zone. Or if it's a longer distance, it's not even leaving the C zone. And you gotta, you got to accept the fact that, hey, that's good enough, man. Pull the damn trigger. Now, that's going open or limited to open where you're, where you're dealing with a major, major caliber gun. If you're going production to carry optics and you're still minor, that brings some other dynamics into play, but we can talk about that at another time. The, the big point about this is you have a higher level of precision seeing with a dot, and that was holding me back from getting on the trigger because I'm like, oh, it's got to settle more, it's got to settle more, it's got to settle more. And then when I finally got to look at it, I was like, God damn it, it's still in the A zone. Pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Uh, so that was a big aspect, or is a big aspect, going from limited open. And I have I have similar types of sight pictures that I use with a dot gun as I do with a limited gun. They're, they're an iron-sighted gun. They're different, obviously, because they're different sighting systems, but the principles are the same, and the types of acceptable sight pictures are the same. Uh, so you're just knowing which one to apply. And the... The difference, of course, this guy's going carry optics. So it's the, the difference I notice in open and carry optics, uh, open division, for example, that I never lose that dot when I'm firing. It never leaves the target. It never leaves the window. It never leaves my field of vision. I can all, even though I might be looking at a spot on the target, I can still always see that dot. With a carry optics gun, uh, because that slide, that sight is moving on the slide and the gun is in recoil so if you can imagine the gun at full recoil in your head you know it's tilted up a little bit because of the recoil the slide is retracted all the way to the rear and this that sight is on the end of that slide so that sight ends up being significantly lower uh, to your eye line to the target than an open gun so that is a challenge with carry optics it's not it's not like an open gun at all uh, it's not like a production gun at all. Sometimes I, I think I can shoot a production gun faster because you have more visual acuity of the sighting process and the sight coming back down to the acceptable spot on the target. Uh, where with the carry optics gun, you really don't have that because you lose the dot totally. So you fire around, boom, you got nothing. And when that gun returns back down out of recoil, you're just expecting it to land back at that same spot on the target. Uh, that's why fundamentals foundation are are more important with a carry optics type gun because your grip your stance your your presentation to the target and everything's got to be spot on because that's what's going to bring the gun back down um, in, a, in an alignment that's good enough for you to see the dot and that's what you need you have to have that dot come back to where you're looking because if it doesn't again now we're back to well, shit, I got no idea where it went. Is the dot off? I mean, what happened? Did I shoot an RTS? You know, you, just, you never know what's going to happen. But if your grip's perfect and your presentation's pretty good and your recoil control's pretty good, that dot's going to come back down uh, where you want it. So I think that's the two biggest things. you got to spend time dry firing so you have that dot when you present the gun. And then you got to learn what's acceptable enough to pull the trigger and score hits score score acceptable hits with a dot which is going to look like it's moving around too much um i've told this story before about 
I'll tell it again real quick. I was shooting a production match over in Clearwater year uh, year before last, I think. I was shooting carry optics that had just come out. Carry optics was still 10 rounds at the time. Uh, now you can load the mags full, but at the time it was just 10 rounds. And I had, I think I'd shot one carry optics match in my life. I shot the carry optics nationals because that was back to back with the production and I was already there. Uh, and then this match. So no experience with carry optics. And it's a local, it's a local big match with a lot of my good buddies where I grew up shooting around here. So it's, you know, yeah, we're there to compete, but mainly there to have fun, hang out and meet, meet old friends. Uh, but I came into this last array or last position on this stage and it was, um, it was a nine or ten round, I forget, nine or ten round position with a couple of steel. And you engage through a port. So I come into this port, and there's a close, relatively close paper, uh, you know, four, four or five yards. And I fired two rounds at it, and one of the, one of the rounds I jerked the trigger pretty bad. So I fired an additional round. And so now I've got, I think, no extra rounds to give. And then there was a, there was a piece of steel in that array as well. And I missed that. Sorry, I had to roll down my old ass window. Uh, and I missed that, requiring an extra shot on the steel. So now I didn't have enough rounds to finish the array, it ran dry, and had to do a standing reload and, and finish out the shot. So not the end of the world. But the, the learning point here is I went up and looked at that close paper that I fired the initial extra shot on, and it was like a, a center a low left Charlie, but in the center of the Charlie. Like it wasn't a close, you know, it wasn't almost a Delta. It was dead smack in the Charlie. So it wasn't that bad of a shot. But the reason that happened is I saw my sight yak down to the bottom, to the low left in your, you know, traditional trigger, trigger jerk scenario. And so I instantly fired an extra shot. Like, well, hell, that sight jumped all of all over hell and back. So clearly, I missed that target. Where had that been an iron-sighted gun, without that level of precision in seeing, I probably never would have seen that. You know, it, or if I did, it wouldn't have looked nearly that bad, as bad as it did. Uh, so that was kind of a learning curve for me, thinking like, look, man, you know that with an open gun, going from limited to open, you know that's the type of stuff that happens. I just never really thought about that going to carry optics. I never really sat down and equated it to being the same thing as going from open to limited. So there's a interesting story on how that can happen. So the answer to the question, again, you got anything specific on that, get back to me, let me know. I'll hit, I'll hit a little bit more. Uh, keep the questions coming. I've still got a big stack of them. I'm going to start getting through now. And we have, uh, I think this will release a week before the Monster Match, maybe. So we've got the Monster Match coming up. Uh, still room for that. IRC is coming up, and they're back to back in my range. Uh, last week November first, or last week October first week November. So a busy couple of weeks. I know I was going to try to do weekly on this podcast. I may miss one as in there as we're jamming on the matches, but I'll get back to them as soon as I can. After the IRC training schedules opening up a little bit, so you want to get together and do some pistol training or PCC training or some rifle or three-gun training let me know i've got a pretty good curriculum together for all those and we get some training on the range till then hope you all have a good day on the range see you welcome back my friends to the show that never ends we're so glad you could attend come inside come inside there behind the glass there's a real blade of grass be careful as you pass move along